You're listening to Bleed TV, the only podcast for today's best shows and movies. And I'm Cash. And I'm Jake. And here we are coming out with another Marvel great, Luke Cage. Yeah, the character's great. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I'm really digging the character and everything. But first off, I guess we're going to do one through five. Yeah, first first five episodes. Which uh, I was going to label off all the uh, episode titles. but Tracks. No, there we go. Tracks, because these are all named after Gangstar songs which i think is a nice little homage to harlem and everything yeah it's fitting for the show and the climate it's in and yeah and i mean we're we're really excited about it just because as marvel they haven't let us down yet but i think we're on a little bit of a downward spiral with this one um yeah i'm i'm, I'm super disappointed so far yeah i mean uh, there's a lot of it they still do a lot of great things like we said there's a lot of easter eggs all throughout like with the uh titles of the episodes the music is great and there's a lot of history in here that i personally didn't know about and i'm learning a lot and i'm thankful for that but as far as the plot and everything this is really the worst one yeah i don't know i i'm thinking maybe daredevil and jessica jones has our expectations extremely high yeah um it's not like both of those shows are perfect they both have downer episodes and i think all netflix shows could do with a little editing they could all do with 10 episodes instead of 13 i was about to say that there's been a little bit of talk of people wanting fewer episodes in this seasons and i think which this is sh- crazy yeah and most I mean, people want more content we really do but i mean just with all this binging and stuff i don't think 13 fits this model i think it's too odd of a number and i think eight like stranger things like they just did eight episodes and it fit perfectly oh it's phenomenal and so i really think these guys need to crank it down to eight to ten episodes or find a little bit more in the side characters or something yeah what stranger things did so well is their cliffhangers Mm -hmm. you couldn't stop watching but i gotta be honest with luke cage i was yawning through (laughs) the first three episodes i mean legit yawning damn near passing out because the plot doesn't move it was slow um i don't you know i wanted to say it was not very good acting but I, I can't blame the actors necessarily because there are moments later on in the show where they some of these characters actually show some pretty good skills. Yeah. So I, I think I have to blame the writing a little bit on this and some of the decisions they made. You know, I, I think a lot of it could be blamed on the writing now that you're talking about it. Just because uh, Missy Knight's partner, Scaife, Scarf. Scarf. His, anytime he is on the show, I am cringing. He's. I don't know if he's playing his role perfectly. No, no. You. All right. Just full disclosure. I've seen seven episodes. Cash has seen five. Yes. So, I know a couple things. It's a little and bit I, role reversal from uh, Daredevil. I. Yeah. Exactly. And I gotta say, I think Scarf gets a little better when you get a little further down. Okay. Which surprised me as well because okay. I feel like he is atrocious. Yeah. In like the you, first y'all can't episodes. see my face, but the look I just threw at Jake is. No, because I'm right on board with you. If you're judging specifically off the first few episodes, he is terrible. Yeah, not good at all. Um, But he's not the only one. No. There's some way, way, way extreme cringeworthy moments in this show. You brought up an excellent one for right before we turn the mics on with Misty in the basketball court. Oh my Good God. Good Lord. I was praying for all hope that I wasn't going to turn into a one-on-one and thankfully it didn't. It was just a game of horse, but the amount of cuts 
in this scene oh. is up there with Catwoman. Yeah, well, I'm bringing I'm bringing that back. Ugh. This was brutally bad. Oh, and they did show one shot of her like fully making an actual shot, but a game of horse consisting of just threes. I, mean, I, I don't know what they're doing. All the dude had to do was go jam a dunk and she was <laughs> toast. I mean, she's in heels for crying out loud. She's not dunking that. <sighs> and then Man. they go point her out at the star and I was just like, really? Really, we're going there? Yeah, yeah. Um, but other than cringeworthy stuff, things I do like about the show so far, anything that happens at the barbershop and I anything that happens at the club. Absolutely love it. Like the opening scene with the barbershop I thought was instrumental to kind of letting us know who Luke Cage is. Like the no, the swear jar. Love the swear jar. Absolutely. Love Bobby Fish. Mm-hmm. You know, playing chess over there. That's awesome. I love. Well, and we also have him playing chess with Turk, you know, from Daredevil. Turk. Just a little tiny little throw in right yep. there. You know, super good to see him because he's kind of a comic relief slash bad guy in the other shows. Yeah. So it's like, sweet. Throw him in. Let everybody know that they're in the same universe. And which we also did find out with the incident, which I absolutely hated that we're still hammering the incident. Oh, man. Still talking about aliens. Dude, we've had several different Marvel movies. Extreme moments since then. You know, and... And I found it weird that, you know, this show is so hugely about black culture and everything, and they didn't use Black Panther in any shape, way, or form. You know, they just jumped on, like we said, the incident. Which I feel like Civil War would have fit so much better into this. Yeah. I wonder if that had anything to do with the actual like filming schedule and whether things happened before or after. But, I mean, they knew Civil yeah, War was coming. Yeah, they knew it was coming out and they could have easily have just dumped that in here. You know what? I would love to see them, and we just haven't seen it yet, that they drop in Black Panther's character somewhere towards the end of the season. Just, just some little Easter egg or something. Just a cool thing to drop in, you know, because... You're Marvel. Why not? Why not? You know, you got a couple strong black characters that you could put together and, you know, throw in the mix a little bit. Mm -hmm. And and plus, you need to get Black Panther's face out there more, I think, because he's got a standalone film coming. I think uh, next year. Yeah. So. There's no reason not to do it. And I mean, but like back to the barbershop, like even like the opening scene was just so good to me. You know, we have a little bit of understanding with Luke. Pop drops a couple of... uh, Names for Luke Cage, he even calls him Power Man, which is eventually what becomes his name and everything. And then just the scene with uh, Shamik where he tries to kind of step up to Luke Cage and then quickly scatters away. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love the who gets free haircuts list. Mm -hmm. You know, unless unless you're, was it Michael Corleone? Yeah, Michael Corleone. uh, Al Pacino. Pat Riley. Pat Riley. (laughs) You know, all these different, you know, guys on there and stuff like that. They having conversations about old basketball and new basketball. You know, I feel like it. The, the conversations were flowing well. It fit um, perfectly. Like, I mean, it was the most, I don't want to say like sincere scene or anything, but the most realistic I felt. Natural. Yeah. Most there natural we go. scene. And you know what I think helps? It helps. And this follows through with the rest of the season. Anything that Pops is in or Bobby Fish is in, I think it always flows better. Yeah. Um, both of them are just very natural, uh, good actors to me. I think they just... They read their parts well. They, I, I don't know. They just, they are the most realistic characters on the thing. Well, me. I mean, Faison is probably a podcast favorite without us ever saying it. I mean, he's in shows like Banshee, The Wire, and just every, anything he does seems to be a home run. Yeah, he's just excellent. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, re- I really like that. 
and you had touched on the music part of it. 90% of the time, I really enjoy the music. It, Especially the live performances oh, at the club. Any performance in that club is an A-plus home run for me. I mean... I can't get enough of those scenes. Like It feels like a, a very speakeasy-ish. Like, I mean, it feels like we're taken back into the 20s is, and 30s. Which is what he's trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the... That's obviously the look he wants and the feel he wants, but they nail it with some modern acts. Yeah, and just crushing it. I think it was episode four where Jadena comes on, and I was really hoping I was going to get Classic Man just because it fits the entire premise perfectly. But the song he chose was a grand slam. Oh man, it was so good. And you're and just- this is what's so upsetting about this show to me because him singing that song. And all the stuff that was going on behind it. All the video that's overlaying that mm-hmm. is fantastic. Now, I realize good soundtrack puts you in a certain mood. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm feeling this. I'm really enjoying this. You know, what's going on in the background seems perfect. It's like, okay, I, y'all are capable of nailing things. Yeah, you know what you're doing. So when I get cheese ball stuff like the basketball scene, I'm like, ugh. You wrote off on this, and then you wrote off on that? Yeah. It just it breaks my heart for a show like this. There's a lot of just unused potential in this show. I almost feel like we should have spent a lot more time with him in prison than we've already gotten in the first five episodes. Like, yeah. I mean, we just got the one flashback scene, and then he's out of prison. And maybe it was so good because they just condensed it, but I think that there was a lot of unused stuff in there. Uh, yeah, and I could not get past his hair and beard in prison. Well, just how it kind of escalated out of nowhere? It just got out of hand, and it wasn't real, and I could tell. Do you think they were just trying to do that to show, like, they fast-forwarded time without just putting in, like, six months of past? Or, <sighs> you don't know? I don't know, because he had facial scars. Yeah. You know, they never showed him with, like like bloody cuts and like bandages or anything like that. I think he just went, his knuckles. He went from his first fight yeah. in the ring to just Jumanji beard and hair <laughs> and insane scars on his face. Just out of nowhere. Just, all right, let's just time jump to there. And he's starting to like lose his mind a little bit and kind of lose himself. Become barbarianish in a way. Yeah. And here's the thing. Squabbles? Yeah. Really enjoy his character. Love Squabbles. He's like the you know, the angel on the shoulder, the the moral high ground. The perfect friend. And then the fact that they just beat the crap out of him and Okay, well they beat the crap out of him and it's like, okay, fine. But then you find out he's just dead. Yeah. It's like, man, that character deserved more than an off screen death. That's like not much of a reason that they actually killed him. I think just because he was trying to expose him and stuff, but they didn't they never real. We never get to realize what Luke Cage's plan is. They just says he has a plan. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to expose him. I don't know how I'm going to do it yet or anything really, but it's getting exposed. Give me ten less minutes of shades and ten more minutes of squabbles. Okay, shades is possibly like he's up there with the detective right now as my least favorite character, and I don't understand oh. how he has anything. Like maybe you know a little bit more about him right now. But through the first five episodes, he is absolutely useless. And the fact that he doesn't recognize Luke Cage, or I get, what was his name in uh, prison? Is that um, Lucas? Carl Lucas. Carl Lucas. 
this isn't a guy that you just miss. Like, I understand he shaved his head and everything, but you would have recognized him immediately. And his voice, nonetheless. Yeah. Um, this, this pains me because this is juice from Sons of Anarchy. Yeah. Okay. He is fantastic in Sons of Anarchy. And he's terrible on this show. On this show, I cannot blame the actor because you know, I know he can act. And I mean, a lot of these actors can act. Yeah. So this is another poor decision they've made. First off, he just looks dumb in the shades. It's just silly to me. They haven't explained it. They don't. You don't know why he wears shades all the time. Because I was about to ask you for the significance of it, but nope. Don't find out yet. Not not in seven episodes at least. Um, he's just like, I don't know what to call him. He he's cartoonish, or he's just always kind of lurking and. No, I think cartoonish fits just because this has been the most cartoonish of these series. Like even with some of the punches, like you see bouncing off of Luke Cage, you get that slow mo and stuff in the wrist shaking and breaking but for some reason it's not working for me on this show yeah i don't know man i i'm really struggling with some of the decisions they've made on this show like you say scarf's character and the way he acts um shades cotton mouth is over the top but not scary at all to me no he's over the top and that works for him but like you said he's not scary because he can't touch luke cage well, he just doesn't seem very powerful. Yeah. He seems very low-level gangster. He really does, because as I was asking you before, does he seem almost too poor? Like, he was fretting over $500,000. Like, yeah. To us, that's a lot of money, but if you're running Harlem, got all this drug trade and stuff, you should be able to just hand her another 500000 and then chase these people down off of the principal. Right. Uh, and like, well, And you would think that, in, in later scenes where he's kind of like, seems like he's kind of throwing around money, mm-hmm. you know, and say, like, Oh, I don't know how much money you just handed him to melt down a body, but I'm going to assume it's like $10,000 at least. Right. And then he puts out a manhunt for a hundred thousand later on. And it's like, dude, you're scrounging for pennies, <laughs> you know, as you're throwing it out, big yeah. hunks of change. You're knocking on every business door and shaking down everyone. You're stealing guitars baseball rings okay i would have probably gone after that baseball ring too though i know but yeah i, I he was talking doing it for money low level cash here um i am never low level how dare you but i just i, I just can't yeah i mean he's just he doesn't fit like he's the weakest villain out of the entire marvel series and he's going up against the most powerful hero that we have out of the defenders Outside of maybe Iron Fist, who we haven't been introduced yet to. So we don't know how they're going to work his power. And so, like, in some of these scenes, like, when he's going to all the different stash houses, ripping over in the safes, I never fear for his life. Like, I'm never like, oh, you know, someone's about to come take out Luke Cage. Like, with Daredevil, these hallway scenes work because he is getting the crap beat out of him. And we see these bruises and everything four episodes later. With Luke Cage, it's just bullets are bouncing off of him. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I mean, you feel I I totally agree with you. Uh, You know what? And I I never think about it that way necessarily, about how you actually feel when you're watching some of the fight scenes and whether you feel like there's a a chance for severe injury or death. 
And it's weird. You're right. Because even when you're watching Daredevil, you're like, it's Daredevil. He's not going to die. Yeah. I, but I mean, for still, you feel the stress of the situation because you know he can die. Easily. And even the same with Jessica Jones. She was severely hurt several times. Yeah, she's just super strong, but we know she can actually die. And the stress for her show was the fact that the Purple Man could Control force her. her to do horrible things. Yeah. So you, not only did you feel the stress that she could die, but she could also go evil without wanting to. In a sense, she was weaker than her supervillain. Right. Which is usually what you want because yeah. you you want to, to overcome major odds. And I mean, I know Cotton, we've seen Shade show uh, Cottonmouth this bullet that, you know, goes through body armor and then explodes on impact. But this guy just took a freaking rocket launcher to the face. And like, we're, we're looking at more bullets. Like, okay, the Judas round. Yeah. All right. And they just, you know, they build it up and they're like, all right, that's what's coming. Right. And do we, do we get a cost on how much it is per bullet or? Nah, not that we've seen. Yeah, just you know. a lot. I guess. Uh, just a strange number. He was writing for a long time yeah. when he was writing at the number. Um, I don't know. It's, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. Like, a bullet that pierces armor? Like, okay, woohoo, you went through Kevlar. Big whoop. But my thing is, is I've seen him put a, a skill saw to his belly. Yeah. And it burned the saw up. Wrecked it. Destroy it. I mean, you, you can go to a skill saw. I'm going back to a freaking rocket launcher. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know, man. This, Which also, I, I hate to say it, but that was some of the worst CGI I've ever seen in my life. Was uh, Rip, good old Genghis. The uh, Genghis... Uh, Genghis Kane? Genghis Kane. Great Which name. the best name for... A Chinese restaurant. A Chinese restaurant I can ever imagine. That's just badass. Yeah, but the fact that the the CGI used to blow that thing up, I was like, oh, no. A little cringy. Yeah, I agree. A little hammy. Um, I don't know, man. This really breaks my heart to it, be bashing on this show because it has its moments, but they are few and far between. Um, but, I mean, to also talk about Cotton Mouse, I guess, lack of power is he has his second-hand man go out and he kills Pop. Like, how does a second man, second-hand man, not realize the significance of Pop in Cottonmouth's life? I don't know, because everybody knows Pop is, is important to the yeah. community, and he is like holy ground. Like, you, you, the barbershop's off limits. Like, Shades has been here for fifteen seconds, and he knows, hey, you probably shouldn't go in there, guns blazing. It's like the hotel in John Wick. You remember? Oh, yes, great like, reference. You just. You, you just don't, don't mess do up here. Mm-hmm. I was like, everywhere out of the store, fair game. But at the hotel, you don't fuck around. Yeah. So this guy comes in, just guns blazing, even with shades, telling him, you need to wait. What are you doing? And he kills Pop. Okay. So Pop's death is the inciting incident for this whole series. Yes. Um, which... I guess it's the inciting incident. It's the inciting incident for Luke Cage to want to do good, want to help. I guess the real inciting incident is Chico and um, Sh- oh, Scarf. No, oh, uh, Shamik. Shamik, Robin, the gun deal. Yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, terrible gunfight. Dudes rocking around with double Desert Eagles. <laughs> I. 
never in my life. No. And he's like walking through, spraying him like he's commando. The only person who's ever worked for is Mike Lowry. And that is because he's the man, the myth, and the legend from Bad Boys. It, it's all so dumb. The only person it works for is when it's single-handedly and it's an agent on the Matrix. No, it, it still works for Mike Lowry. <laughs> I, I don't care what you say. Double Desert Eagles. Yes. When you can talk like that and everything, it works. It's just so silly, guys. But yeah, that, I mean, how how big is he? Like, a we're looking at ten, a, a maximum of one hundred and seventy pounds. I can go ahead and tell you, even if it's a forty-five, most likely it's a fifty-caliber oh, Desert yeah. Eagle. You need two hands on that thing, and it's still gonna rock your world. Oh, it's gonna kick you back. And into he's next in week. there just walking around, single-handed, double-fisting Desert <laughs> Eagles. And I'm just like, good lord, who signed off on that? I don't know. Someone who's never shot a gun before. That's the only thing I can think of. Those types of things are unacceptable, especially in the first episode. It immediately made me sick to my stomach when I saw it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely up there. And I hate that we didn't see a plan. Like, it just kind of happens, and then they're still winging it in the middle. Yeah. I mean, this is a million-dollar gun deal, and no one even else gives a shot off, really. And there's nobody, like, keeping keeping guard around. Yeah. Even the guys involved in the actual gun deal and the money deal are not standing around and, you know, making sure nothing happens, making sure no cops are coming, nothing. Everybody's, like, sitting in the cars or, or lollygagging around the deal. But people get shot in the car, don't they? I mean, yeah, people get shot in the car, and I've never seen a gun deal where people didn't already at least one or two people have their guns drawn and put it on the other person. But nobody's trustworthy when it comes to this type of stuff. Yeah, it's usually like one guy at least at a high ground with a high-powered rifle or a machine gun ready to already trained yeah. on the dudes. I mean, and there's plenty of pot or spots in this place to do that because it's a freaking car graveyard, it's a salvage yard. Yeah, I mean. This is the best spot. And this this is stuff. where you have people hiding in cars and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and like three people who I'm presuming have never really shot guns or anything before just walk in and blow everybody away. Well, we noticed that Chico, he's just like dropping he, guns on the ground. He throws up. He throws up after it's all said and done. You know, I just. <sighs> but I mean, like, I kind of wish we would have seen a little bit of this plan unfold before it just unfolded. Yeah. And, and but then, I mean, what's his name? Dante or whatever? Yeah. Or, man, yeah. We're, we'll go with Dante. He's not really that big of a character. Well, he's the guy Luke Cage has to replace his bartender because he's doing yeah. an inside job against Cottonmouth to get the money. And how many uh, Cosmos do you think he made back in Hell's Kitchen? One, two? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he was making Cosmos like a champ for Misty Knight. I guess so. I guess so. Um,. He but, was stacking them up pretty yeah. high, it seems like. Because um, that gun deal didn't go down just so fast. <laughs> no. Like, uh, there, there was a lot that went wrong in this. And then how did Cottonmouth find out so soon? Like, no one was left alive. No. So Dante he, was left alive. Oh, yeah. His it, last breath, he calls Cottonmouth. Or not Cottonmouth, but calls... Yeah, the right-hand man. Right-hand man. Um, to give up on them. Yeah, that I'm made like, no sense. Huh? <laughs> That's your lasting impression is to call cottonmouth's right hand man and not confess. your mama 
Yeah. Not your brothers or sisters. Or not the police. Not an ambulance or anything. Nobody. Just, I better tell my old boss that I was double-crossing, that I'm sorry. <laughs> it was these guys. Maybe he can do something for me. What? Once again, who is signing off on this trash? I, I don't know. Like that, that was a very bad decision. But also, in that scene, we get Luke Cage going up. We get Luke Cage going up and delivering a couple bottles of Ace of Spades, which is something that was almost his name instead of Power Man. And so just a little Easter egg. Yeah. That was kind of saving grace in it. <laughs> like I said, they do a good job with certain little things every once in a while. Um, God, that sounds so just placated, just terrible and no, I mean, condescending. Was, but there's a lot of good like little moments in this show. And I'm hoping that they pick up a little bit more, I guess, 8 through 13, since you said there haven't been that many more in the next two episodes. Well, you have big changes coming in the next couple episodes you're going to see. Hopefully but, we get to find out who this uh, Diamondback is, because he actually seems like the real villain of the series, I guess. Maybe. You know, maybe. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. The plot doesn't get us very far. Um like I said, we had one major moment when Pop died, and the rest of it's just kind of been back and forthing. Very reactionary and stuff, and just, I hate to go back to Fort Knox, but how he got through Fort Knox so easy. Like, I mean, he talked, he was sitting there, and we haven't even talked about the uh, lady running for mayor, his cousin. Yeah. And I, I feel like she's a she's doing her part. Well, she's an excellent actress, too, by the way. And she was also in Civil War. She's oh, actually she? one of the dual Marvel characters. Oh. Because um, she's also in some other stuff, too, I think. Um, she's in a good bit. Yeah. I see her often. Her name's Mariah yeah. in the show. Um, she's she's actually does pretty well with her role. I mean, I think she handles her, well, her part fantastic. I, mean, I think her and Cottonmouth play off of each other fantastically. It's when they're not necessarily together that I don't feel their parts as much. Agreed. Agreed. Like when Cottonmouth is talking to his men or talking to Shades, it's really bad. He just doesn't seem the most powerful person. The only time he felt like the most powerful person in the room was when he was talking to Shamik and was essentially just bitch slapping him back and forth. Oh, pummeling him. Oh, yeah. And when it first zoomed in, he's standing in front of that Biggie poster and it looks like he's wearing the crown that Biggie's wearing. But outside of that, he's never really felt like the most powerful person. All right. Me and Cash had this conversation before the podcast started about how I didn't want to like come off weird and just like super duper white talking about this, you know, predominantly black show and stuff. But the Biggie poster uh, or framed photo with the crown and stuff, um, there's just a few things that I feel are extremely cliche and just hit you over the head with mm-hmm. with supposed black culture. Okay. I don't mean supposed like that's not part of that culture. I mean, this if there was I, a Scarface yeah. photo on the wall, I'd have called immediate bullshit. You know what I mean? The fact that they even talked about Al Pacino. Getting the free haircut. Yeah. And Corleone and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, y'all are pushing it. Yeah. You're pushing it. Um, but then the biggie picture was like, okay, that's about as far as I can go with you know using the same tropes over and over just, again yeah the same constant black tropes that i get annoyed with over time because it's just 
they're just people are so varied you know Mm -hmm. it's like don't make it such a cliched mob bossy gangster guy you know what i mean give him some level and some some layers you know and just you know you're gonna see in the next couple episodes and i'm not trying to spoil this for anybody like that but there's more layers to cotton mouth and stuff like that so it's good that you do learn a little something yeah well i mean he's a fantastic actor i just some of these guys they come in and a lot of them are cotton mouths you know cronies and stuff and i'm just like come on man y'all oh man when he was so much better when he was beating them up again right before the funeral and everything i was like how how is this still going on like these people they know bullets bounce off of him and everything how are they not just dropping everything and running and giving everything back like why would you go out and mug people with the loot cage tax knowing that he's still in the town well it just says uh, if you've seen what happens when you try to fight luke cage with anything yeah. that you have in your arsenal but from your fist and feet to any bullets you have and you still are behind cottonmouth on this like sorry bro yeah I'm out. I'm <laughs> out until you give me something that can do this guy in and, and I'm not going to be the one testing it. Like, I need this thing <laughs> tested and worked. Absolutely. Um, which I think they do a decent job with, with the guy. The big guy. The big guy at Genghis Khanis. Yeah. He's like, man, I don't even like these fools. You know, <laughs> I, I don't even know him. <laughs> so, but I mean, one person out of everybody, like, come on. They play with it a little bit throughout the series. Where some guys are just like, screw this, you know, I'm out. Yeah. Um, I just... I don't know, man. I, I feel like he's pretty damn indestructible and that he doesn't even use his powers to the full limit. No. Like, at any moment, he could go in and just mangle Cottonmouth. Do anything. Like, Cottonmouth stands no chance. And also didn't like how he grabbed the car door when he was going through Fort Knox. It was like, really, what's the point of the car door? Well, it's unnecessary. Yeah. You are the car door. Yeah. I mean, You're more than the, the car door. door. That car door is worthless. It, well, it, all right. So, Fort Knox was episode two, right? Three, I think. Uh, I think like two, they showed it. Like that's when he's standing out in front of it and everything. They're talking okay. about Atticus Finch. All right. Well, we know Daredevil episode twos mm-hmm. or whatever. They they have their the big, big fight scene and everything. Fight scene. Okay. Fort Knox was supposed to be that yeah. fight scene for Luke Cage. Wow, did it not? It didn't impress. Impress at all. You know, he's got the, the <laughs> he reaches through the wall and pulls out a metal pipe and stuff. I'm like, I'm like that metal pipe looks pretty well cut. <laughs> Um, like I, I would say, Luke Cage's best fight scene is actually in Jessica Jones, like that bar fight. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know. This was just you're you're gonna see later on, and you've probably seen some already too. They cannot handle the continuity of Luke Cage's clothes. No. Um, he'll go from scene to scene. He'll be covered in bullet holes. Next scene, completely clean. It happens several times in the series so far. And it's always noticeable. Oh, and it's like, it jumps out and slaps you in the face whenever it happens. It's like, oh my God, come on. And the fact that he references it all the time too, like I'm sick and tired of buying new clothes, that just draws more attention to it. So, and the thing is too, this blow away his shirt, they hit him center mass and all over him and stuff like that. It's like, all right, man, we've seen it. I mean, there's only so much that we can do. And I mean, it just it makes the show seem plotless. Well, I was like, I was super stoked to see the rocket coming in. And, and then he says something like, sweet Christmas. Well, I mean, that's his tagline. I know. No cursing. I'm, I was glad we got that in there. And I was like, 
cool. A different weapon attacking him. Mm-hmm. It's like, this is awesome. But you don't really see like how he saves Connie. No. He like, says I mean, she gets pushed out of the way. I'm assuming it was just like he saves the little boy. He just kind of jumps over her and lets the force bounce off of him or something. I don't know. But did you understand like what happened? Like how did they end up in a perfect cocoon? Well, just like it's like they're in a basement level because it looks like, you know, it's pretty flat, yeah. you know, and everything is like kind of come down on top of them. I don't mm. understand how it worked. It's no. almost like he took Connie and punched a hole in the ground and went down a floor. May, I mean, he might have. Well, no. With he what time? Yeah, I mean, he didn't have enough time. Because we judgment. see he actually needs a couple punches to really do yeah. any work. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. I was so caught off guard by the bad CGI that uh, I didn't even think about how that actually happened. But I, I was I was extremely pleased to see them fire a rocket launcher in the middle of town yeah, at Luke Cage. No, just, no remorse for anything. Just to give it a go. Um, like, hey, this is where Luke Cage is at. Go have fun with it. Yeah. You know, Genghis Khan, he'd be damned. Yeah. Um, and so what do you think about Misty not believing that her partner is the bad guy? With all the evidence plainly there. For as good of a detective as she is, letting these uh, pictures do all this talking to her and stuff. Yeah, what do you think about Seagal Vision? Well, I was actually calling it uh, the Boondock Saints, the main detective the little uh oh yeah william defoe william defoe yeah you know, put the music on and, and his daughter yeah part two. Oh, we don't talk about part two hey part two wasn't that bad bro wasn't that good i'm not hating on it <laughs> was it all saints day yeah, like yeah. <laughs> i mean uh, but uh, i mean that's what i took from it and stuff and i don't mind that i mean i think that's good you know give her a valuableness with like believing in her partner and everything but just when they immediately throw all that evidence and it's all correct and she's just like no that doesn't that's not my partner yeah like, i don't oh. know like i said he gets a little better um that relationship gets a little better and stuff like that so it's like hard for me to judge right now okay just because i have a couple more episodes you know a on little you. bit more than what's going on yeah and it's not it's not perfect don't please don't get it wrong it's not great or anything like that just better it's just better. Well, I'm hoping that she quickly realizes that her partner is the bad guy or anything just because it's so plain and obvious. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm going to go meet Chico. Chico's dead. Um, what, <laughs> what happened? Did you, did you oh, see he just him? Didn't, didn't show up. Yeah. You know? um, well, there's not even conversation about it. Mm. She didn't so. question him, didn't ask him anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, just so, just like that. Okay. Yeah. A lot of things are extremely transparent on this show. And a lot of things are super cartoonish and generic, and I'm super disappointed in it. Yeah. Uh, I can only hope my second half of this series gets extremely better and turns it all the way around. And really picks up. And I really think, I'm just hoping that it does. Because, I mean, there is a little bit more promise. There's a little bit more action. And, I mean, I'm just hoping that Diamondback feels like the villain that the show deserves. What more do you think they can show with Luke Cage's powers that would impress you? I, just someone who can actually withstand him a little bit. Like, they just need somebody to where he can fully unleash his power. And yeah. there's just no one on the show that he can do that with. I agree. He, he's too powerful is the problem, as odd as that is to say. 
Yeah, he needs like a Incredible Hulk to come out and fight him. Yeah. You know. I mean, when we're talking, like, I mean, I hate to go back to them calling it Fort Knox, but when you cut through it like butter, oh, there's yeah. a problem. Uh, nothing in Harlem so far has any effect on him. No. At all. Matter of fact, one time in the Fort Knox scene, he's getting shot in the back and he grimaces and turns around. I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, I, Why'd I, you just show pain? That's a, That's not right no i mean maybe like a it's more of like a fly flying around or a irritation lion. yeah yeah it's yeah like, oh i forgot one a little uh. lower it's just <laughs> you know ah. but like even the women don't affect luke cage because he doesn't really have much interest in them you know a little bit of coffee yeah let's get some coffee yeah um i do like that they're using the coffee as an innuendo i do too that see that's played well mm-hmm. um Rosario Dawson's character. I'm glad she's in the mix. You know, they're clearly shoving her into the night nurse character. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait for that. No, I mean, I love Rosario Dawson. I want her sticking around and everything. And maybe once we get to the Defenders, we're going to have a little Luke Cage is in a love triangle with everybody because, you know, Daredevil had a little bit of a thing with night nurse. Uh, Iron Fist is supposed to be in a relationship with Misty Knight. So, I mean, we could have the Heroes for Brothers just mark it out as Eskimo Brothers. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, go from there. Polly. They're all Polly by. And, uh, <laughs> all into each other. So, I mean, like, they're clearly making Luke Cage almost the central point of the Defenders. Yeah. Which is interesting. And I hope that it turns out more positively than what we've been given in the first five episodes of the show. Yeah. And it seems like they're going to make Claire kind of like a glue character. Like she might be somebody that kind of attaches um, everyone. You know what I mean? Maybe. I mean, it's going to be Claire or uh, Patsy. It's going to be one of the two, I would Could think. Be. Could be. Uh, well, maybe both. Yeah. You know, because they're the both mortals, normal people that are going to be. Do you think that's what kind of what the show is missing is Luke Cage having that side character that he plays really well with? Because Jessica has Patsy, Daredevil has Claire and Foggy. And so maybe this just needs that one supporting character that really helps it. Yeah, I don't know. Because I feel like anybody that's going to get involved with Luke Cage is going to die immediately. Like yeah. they're going to be used as some kind of bait and killed. Like I don't feel like he has. You think he's just too out in the open and people know who he is? Yeah, or? I think it's just too easy to find the people he's, you know cares about and then attack them yeah i mean so i think it would be too predictable almost that as soon as he gets connected to somebody that they're gonna die like i'm already worried that bobby fish is gonna die <laughs> i i think bobby should be safe and maybe that's what claire's gonna be maybe that's how it picks up in the second half is maybe. claire's this person because i don't think that will lose her she's too integral no to no, no 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 they're making Night Nurse. Yeah. I don't care what you say. What they end up calling her, since I think they're using her Night Nurse for Doctor Strange, but... Well, yeah, we'll see. But... I... But... These, I, these smaller characters that you actually give a damn about, mm -hmm. they're the most in danger. Because they are... Even though you love them on the series and stuff, characters like Bobby Fish, they are still expendable. They will give you a heart, you know, moment. If something happens to him. Well, I mean, just like Missy told Luke when she told him, like, he just needs to get out is you might be bulletproof, but Harlem isn't. Yeah. And I think that's almost a perfect tagline for the show. It is. I think it's 
perfect for the struggle he faces. Mm-hmm. And she just put it out in her, you know, in his face. So, and I don't think they're showing that kind of struggle the most. But even if they just start killing off like all the side characters and stuff, we're going to end up blaming Luke for not just going up to Cottonmouth and ending it because yeah. he can literally do that at any time. Yeah. Well, he Luke Cage has a way of coming off kind of selfish every once in a while mm-hmm. because he's like bipolar almost. It's like he's super selfish doing things because he wants to. He's like, I'm going to run because, you know, I don't belong here. Yeah, and like it's almost like it's almost like it's not his battle or something. It's like I can help you, but I'm not going to because I don't want to out myself. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm not going back to jail. And then other times he's going around town fixing all these people that got robbed for the Luke Cage tax. And have we learned why he went to jail through the TV show and stuff? Like I know why he does in the comics and everything, but well, not. I mean, they they talk about how he used to be a cop and that he was. He says he was framed and he's innocent. But no, they haven't gone into what happened. Yeah. And I think um, that that needs to come to light a little bit better. Absolutely. And is the person who framed him still alive? Because if so, that should have something to do with it too. Yeah. So you know? maybe this all comes back to the Diamondback character that we just need to see him on screen and everything to paint the picture a little bit better. Well, they keep dropping his name constantly. They better have a good payoff yeah especially shades because shades is the biggest connector and i need a reason for him to be on the show and i'm trying to remember i wasn't like big into luke cage comic book but it seems like i remember a character that kind of fit in even kind of somewhat looked like luke cage well it was his uh best friend striker i believe but his outfit looked more like a snake that wrapped, you know, a talk about. Yeah. Like he had kind of a flat top and it looked like a kind of snake skin and yellow and black that went around up. Am I correct on this? I think so. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're describing because all the people were snakes and everything. So, I mean, that makes the most sense. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe, and maybe he will become the, you know, the big bad and stuff yeah. like that. And it'd be nice to see somebody that can actually you know stand a chance against him but yeah because if he's just a, a higher version of cottonmouth that's going to be the biggest letdown in the oh, world man it'll be so sad like a um, higher money cottonmouth would just be like oh this was just another waste yeah and, and a guy who's just going to be going with the bullet yeah you know a judas round and stuff i'm like Bleh. oh hey he might be able to afford two bullets i mean it sounds like he's got the key to the the ammo crate to me but i don't know i just kind of one thing i do want to say is going back to the nightclub how beautiful was it when they showed it in light like it was essentially a completely different place but i mean it looked fantastic oh it looks great it's an excellent set it's wonderful um like i said scenes at the barbershop scenes at the club for the most part excellent yeah um, there's a lot of great uh, aerial shots of throughout Harlem when they're going up and down the cities and stuff. Yeah, there's a few. Like I said, there's a few things in there, man. I just like, God. I don't like when he crushes handguns with his hands. <laughs> it looks silly. Um, there's just certain things that just they they need to polish up a little bit more just to make this show the one that we need. Well, it's just when when all the natural moments come through. The ones that flow really well mm-hmm. and are, are, like you say, well-polished. They are just so just beaten over the head with clunky moments. Yeah. 
that that's all you can focus on. And I hate that because I hate coming on the podcast and smashing a show. And what's crazy, and I, I do think it's crazy, all I've heard is good things about this show. Everyone's giving them like eights and eight and halves, and I'm worried that I'm missing something. And oh, I just man. don't know what that would be. I don't know why. I feel like they're getting a pass for some reason because it is just not there. No, like it's the not. edits are bad, the cuts, like you said, switching between scenes. And like even, I didn't mind the hand crushing of the gun like when they were at Pop's funeral and he just crushed it. But it's when they pulled it out, it was just like, we already knew that. Like why why are you trying to show something so comical? And why was she going to pull it out again? Yeah. Like, like okay, I got my ring back. Oh, well, I'm still going to shoot him. Made no sense. I'm like, come on, man. We've seen the crush guns. We've seen the bent guns. We've seen this. We've seen that. Show me something new and cool. Um, they tried to with the rocket launcher. I appreciated it. Uh, I mean, is he running into the same problem as Superman? Like he's just somewhat. And I mean, I, he's just such a hard character to do that we just might not be ready to do it yet. I don't know because they can do the Hulk, you know, and the Hulk can still be, you know, fun to watch. And but you but, see what they have to do. They have to get. They have to create another monster that yeah. can face him. Or, I mean, so, they, he has to fight Thor. Like, Yeah. So, it's like, they have to make some equal to Luke Cage. Even Jessica Jones yeah. was at least equal to the fight. He could still he dominate could her, her yeah. at the end. But he just wasn't going to break her or anything. But, right. I mean, if he shot her or something, then she's going to die. But, we, he is the pistol. Yeah. That's how he talks about it. Um, so, I... I don't know. Like I said, I, I have high hopes that the show will improve the second half. But so far, I am vastly disappointed. But also, they went completely different with like sex and images in this series than they have in the previous ones. Like when they're in the strip club and everything. Yeah, pasties. I mean, that, that's it. It was just pretty much pasties. Okay, but you also point out a super generic cliche scene very true he gets all this money and the first thing he thinks to do is go to the strip club and blow a lot of it and just some chick with pasties and a huge ass and he's making it rain on her (laughs) in the little side room i'm just like come on man let's please please just rob the most powerful person in the city and you stay in the city and go to the most obvious spot flash a bunch of money yeah and Make it rain. That is just ridiculous, guys. There's thousands of things that you could have done to show that he's a little, you know, not too bright. Yeah. And a little too flashy with the money he just got. And you picked the most obvious one. But you make the most cliche, stupid thing that we've seen dozens of times in other shows and other rap videos and garbage that they pile on to black culture and it's just, this is what we get. We get yeah. the same thing constantly. Just constantly. show something a little bit different. Right. And that's why I hate that this is getting such a good like review by everybody because I just don't feel like it's representing the culture the best way it can. That they're wanting to show it to be and right. everything. Because, I mean, she's speaking new Harlem Renaissance and everything and you're just showing the same old cliche thing over and over again. Right. Well, they show her. She's extremely smart. She's extremely well-spoken and political. 
And but she's using a bunch of goons to hand out flyers after they beat somebody up and to go like, shake people down um, to make Carlin better again. I'm just like, she's way too damn smart to be so silly. Yeah. So I would completely agree with that. I just, I just think a lot of this is poor decision making. So do you want to give a rating for the first five episodes or just kind of leave it undecided until it's done as a whole? I mean, right now it's at a three for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting at like a four and a half, five. And just because is, the uh, opening the episode four was so good. Yeah, and I'm giving it a three. Yeah, I'm still giving it a three. Even yeah. though the next couple episodes you get into are, are better to but, me. But, I mean, you're not judging based off of those either. No. So. first five episodes, three. Ooh. But, yeah, I'm not much higher. Like I said, the show has been a letdown to me for as pumped as we were. Yeah, and maybe that's our fault. Maybe we had too high expectations going into it based off Daredevil and Jessica Jones, which are not perfect shows, but... Better plot. They had a plot, and they had a villain that could actually go up against them. Well, just just better decisions. Yeah. Better better everything, honestly. And. Because Luke Cage was fantastic in the Jessica Jones series. He was great. Yeah. Everything he was involved in in that was fantastic. So I know his character is strong enough to carry. And I like him in the show. I don't think that he's really been the problem. I think it's everything around him. But sometimes he's clunky. Sometimes it's very clunky. And I just want... Yeah. I think they're owed better writing. And hopefully that's coming. So We can only hope so. Well, guys, hopefully... It picks up a little bit more. May, let us know what your opinions are on it. Like, see if we miss something. Please explain to me what y'all love. Yeah. If you love this show, please explain it to me because I'm I'm up for all opinions and I'll start focusing more on what y'all talk about. Um, but for right now, this is where I stand. Yeah. So go ahead, hit us up at Bleed TV Podcast on Facebook or Twitter, or email us at Bleed TV Podcast at Gmail. But until next week, I'm Cash and I'm Jake. See ya.